all's ashore that's going ashore. I'm supposed to announce this is Avi Havivi's Sidur class on Tuesday, December 17th. And we are in the Sidur Sim Shalom. We're going to wrap up and finish up our Shamar today. I know I've said that before. We're on page 16. Page 16. So just to recap, we have a section of the Sidur called Psuke de Zimra, Psalms of Praise. And it's the second section after Bichot HaShachar, after the morning blessings. And the purpose of Psuke de Zimra is to get us, I would say, into a elevated mood of gratitude uh, so that we're ready for actual davening. Shachari, right after starting with Baruch is the real required davening, or the core required davening, Shema and its blessings, and the Amidah, and um, the Psalms of Praise, hymns of praise, are meant to get us in the mood for that, so that we don't start the serious davening cold. Okay, so this is the warm-up, and it's a section, and to demarcate it as a section, it starts and ends with a bracha saying this is a section of praises, okay? So we have the opening brachas, the second half of page 16. The closing brachas, Yishtabach, we'll get to that. But before the opening bracha, you know, because the way the Sidur got to be as long as it is, is things got added. So the opening bracha is prefaced by a preamble. It's preambled by a preface which is this poem, the first half of the page. And uh, what do we say last week about this poem? This poem speaks of God as what? You can, I'll give you a moment to look over it. Creator. Creator. All right. Cre- essentially as creator and what if, if a, uh, anything like a feeling state is imputed to God, in that poem, what is the feeling state which is Im- imputed to God? Or emotional approach, emotional psychological approach. Kiviachol, dare we say that about God? Reverence. Pardon? Reverence. No, us, not, not us, but what's God's emotional state? Not what's our emotional state. What's God's emotional state? What does God do besides create? We say God is mirachem and mishalem. God is compassionate and reliable, makes promises and is reliable to keep them. So God is compassionate to creation, right? So God is the creator and is then compassionate to creation. We talked last time, I want to share a couple things, the one, two, three, four, fifth line, Baruch Gozer Um Kayem. We said the couplet is Baruch Omer Vosev, Baruch Gozer Um Kayem. Blessed is God who who speaks and uh, does, Blessed is God, who is Gozerum Kayem, who decrees and executes. That's kind of how I would translate that. And we said that this is parallel. God decrees. What is God decreeing? We said this last week. What's God decreeing? Creation. Creation. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. Let the waters be gathered. So God decrees it and then executes it. Um, And I was walking home with Debbie, and we each had a separate association afterwards um, for Gozerum Kayem. Uh, she said, when she reads Gozer Um Kayem, because Gozer also means, uh, Gozer literally means to cut, okay, 
And that's how it gets to mean, metaphorically, to issue an edict or a decree. I don't know why it's like the king kind of cuts a decree. I imagine some hand chopping down in some cutting motion saying, I have hereby decreed it. Okay? So her image of the gozer of the cutting was God cutting out paper dolls, which I thought was kind of interesting and charming. Right? That was her association in terms of creation. We are the paper dolls. The world is the God's paper dolls. Um, my association, after she said that, was a different one, which is we talked about in the next line, mirachem, have compassion, and what's the root of that verb? What's the core meaning of that verb? Womb, womb feeling. So God's feeling is essentially maternal. It's the feeling that a mother has for him. For, the mother has for her child. So God has womb feeling for the earth and womb feeling for the creatures. Um, so my association with Gozer, if we're on birthing, is what kind of cutting is associated with birthing? Umbilical. The umbilical cord. So God, as it were, births the world and, uh, you know, you read stories about women who've given birth alone with no one around, right? They birth alone, they cut the cord themselves, they bring the child into the world. Johnny's making a face about that. Okay, okay. Um, okay, and what we said, what's entirely absent from, so if I said to you, I want you to write me a short poem saying, What's, I'll use now, use the word our, not your individual, but our, the, our basic <clears throat> theology of God, God's presence in the world, God's action in the world. Give me a little poem that's going to introduce our psalms of praise. We said last week, what elements might we ex have expected in such a poem, which are actually totally absent from this poem? To giving Torah, what else? Giving Torah to who? Israel. Israel. So there's no nation or nationality or Jewish people in this at all. What other things are sort of core theologies we usually attribute to God when we say, tell the story of God, right? You're Jews, you believe in God. What do you Jews believe in God? What do you Jews believe about God? One God. So, right, but, but what, what else would we say that God uh, does that's totally absent from here? Part of the Red Sea. Right, so there's no redeemed us from Egypt, parted the Red Sea, gave us the Torah, uh, brought us to Eretz Israel. There's no us, us meaning the Jewish people here, right? Or oh, the only us is who? Who's the us who's referred to? Who's the? There's only one word I think here, which is anything like us, which means by which I mean well, there's two of them, plural nouns. What are the only two plural nouns in this poem which could substitute for us? Meaning, who's the us in this poem? Uh, Brio. Brio, which literally means creatures from livro to create. So the English translation works well. Uh, not, not in ours, but I'm saying this is a good example where the English translation for the noun works well with English translation of the verb create creatures or create creations, but it's really the creatures. So us is the creatures. Again, nothing specifically Jewish about that. By the way, nothing specifically human about that, I'd like to point out either, the word creatures. Okay? Briot does not refer only to human beings. 
So the us is creatures. And what's the word which is parallel to that? The other plural noun? Yireav, which means those who revere God. That's where we come, Bernie, that's where we have the reverence, right? So the only us in this poem, the only us in this poem, it's not the Jewish people, okay? It's not the descendants of Abraham or Jacob or anything like that. It's not the people who were saved by God. The us is the creatures and those who revere Hashem. Anyone follow me? So what we have here is a very... Pardon? There's, there's, one other. there's one more. Did I miss one? Well, it's not the form of the word isn't, but where? Metaphorically, al haaretz. Al Meaning the whole world. Got it. The universe. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we say aretz is is earth, but here it really means the world in the sense of what we modern people would say the universe, or, or right, or we could say the world, right? So the only us here is the world, the creatures, and yes, there is something which is sort of reciprocally expected of us. We're the creatures. What's implied here is therefore we ought to have reverence for the creator. Okay? So there's nothing nationalistic, nothing tribal, nothing having to do with the land, nothing, nothing having to do with many of the core tenets of Judaism. Uh, um, Exodus from Egypt, Sinai, Torah, conquest of the land, temple. It is all totally absent, which I, th- I find very, very striking, okay? And I can only imagine um, intentional, meaning someone had the intention to write a l- short poem as a, po- I'm going to call it a poetic preface to the bracha, which opens the Psalms of Praise, okay? And in this short poem, the poet wanted to express some core ideas about God, and the core ideas is that God is creator, God is, God speaks and executes, God's fundamental emotional state, again, if we can call it that, uh, Maimonides would be uh, upset by that. He'd say we're, we're imputing uh, human characteristics to God and we can't do that, but the Torah does that all the time and Rabbinic Midrash does that all the time. So God's fundamental feeling state towards the world is that of compassion. By the way, compassion, again, is an English word which comes from Latin, and I always say about words like that, like, I don't know what that word means, okay? So it's not a perfect translation. The word is womb feeling, maternal love, okay? So God's fundamental emotional approach or, or uh, feeling towards the world is that of maternal love. It's a mother who has birthed the world. Okay. And our, what is suggested as an appropriate reciprocal, reciprocal emotional state on our part is what? Yira, reverence frequently translated as fear, which I think is not, which sometimes the word yare actually does mean to fear, but I think when we talk about, you know, Hashem, I think a better way of understanding that is reverence. Our attitude towards God fundamentally ought to be one of reverence. Revere here. Revere. Do we have that here? Yeah. Yeah, right. 
you know, in, in, um, in rabbinic, in the Talmud's concept, and throughout the Middle Ages, it's, you know, there's two reasons people uh, obey God and serve God. Either ahava or yirah. Love or fear. And to serve God, God out of ahava, love is seen as a higher, uh, a more evolved uh, religious state. Right? Uh, the idea is, well, some people serve God just because, you know, God says, I'm going to give you these rewards and punishments, and they're afraid of of being punished and going to the bad place, so therefore they follow the mitzvot. They serve God out of fear, right? They keep kosher because they worry that, like, you know, lightning might strike them. That's what we always say, right? Someone ate tray for the first time. Lightning didn't strike, right? Um, although there are certainly Jews who don't believe that and believe that lightning does strike for things like that. And when bad things happen, they look for, they look at, you know, what were the Jewish people doing bad? that Hashem punished them. That is certainly a one classic Jewish theology. But a higher level is seen as, as ahava. So in rabbinic thinking, very often, serving God out of love versus serving God out of fear is juxtaposed. So sometimes yirah really does mean fear, right? I think for our purposes, given that that's a concept that may not speak to many of us, I think trying to understand yirah as reverence is more useful. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's the poem. And then we launch into the actual bracha. So the printer, so this has, because this poem preceded the bracha for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, like over a thousand years, in people's concept, it got to be thought of as part of the bracha, even though it's originally not. Just like Elohai Natsur at the end of the Amida is not originally part of the Amida. But we've come to think of it as part of the Amida because it just got stuck to the Amida for so for for, for I don't know, fifteen hundred plus years. So everyone does it that way. So we think Elohai Natsur, which is the meditation which follows the Amida, is part of the Amida. But it's not, right? So similarly, this poem is really not part of the Bracha. We call this prayer, this whole what do we call this whole page? Baruch Shamar. Please turn to page 16 for Baruch Shamar. So we call this whole prayer Baruch Shamar, but it's really two things. It's a poem. And now we launch into the bracha, which I will probably have somewhat less to say about. Uh, Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, sovereign of the universe, Ha'el, Ha'av, Ha'rachaman, the deity, the... I love this phrase, Av Ha'rachaman. Merciful Father, but it really means the Father full of womb feeling. It's literally what it means. Okay? Again, the collapsing of, you know, sort of a classic, you know, a female attribute into the one deity who is imagined in the Bible and in rabbinic thinking as male, because they had difficulty imagining beyond that. Kabbalah had less difficulty imagining beyond that. So the Kabbalah, they talk a lot about the female aspects of the deity, but classical rabbinic thinking, not so much. So uh, the deity, the God, wombie father, W-O-M-B-Y, wombish father, Hamahulal B'fiamo, who is praised by, in the mouth of his 
people, God's people. So now we got to who, finally, in the bracha. Right, got it. Mishubach umfoar bilshon chasidav avadav, praised and glorified with the tongue or words, language. So lashon means tongue, but it also means, just like in English, tongue means your, uh, it's an appendage in your mouth, but tongue also means the language. It's also uh, used metaphorically. Same word with lashon. So lashon is the tongue, and it's parallel to the word the fe, the fiamo, the mouth, right? Praised by our, by our mouth, praised by our tongue. But it also metaphorically means kind of words or language. So praise in the, by the tongue, by the mouth of, or in the words of chasidav avadav, those who are pious to him and serve him. I'm going to try to, even though the Hebrew is gendered, I'm going to try to degender it as much as possible to who are pious to God and serve God. Okay, period, sorry. So blessed are you, God, right, who is praised by all the praises of your people. That's basically what that sentence means. And with the poems or songs of your servant David, so now we have a verb in what tense? Nehalel, anyone? Future. future. Because what are we, why is it in the future? Because what are we doing in this bracha? We're announcing that we're about to do Psuke de Zimra. So we're announcing is, hey, we're now going to say a whole bunch of psalms. So the future here is not, uh, I think, I don't know, we can, we can talk about is the future mean the messianic future? I don't know. I think it just means in another five seconds, I'm gonna, we're going to start singing psalms to praise you. We're going to start singing songs. What are those poet, poems? It's the ones that come from David, meaning the book of psalms. Now, Elcha Hashem Elokeinu, Bishvachot Uvizmirot, with praises and songs. Negadelcha, Unshabechacha, Unfarecha, we will greatify you, and we will praise you, and we will glorify you, which means we will declare your uh, greatness and glory and, and praise. Vinazkir Shimcha, and we will. It's an interesting phrase, uh, interesting idea. We will mention your name. We will recall your name, right? Because like out of sight, out of mind, they say, you know, if you, don't, if you don't mention something, then it's forgotten. So we will evoke your name. Vinam lichacha. We evoke your name for what purpose? To make you into a, right, sovereign, ruler. Vinam lichacha, malkenu, Eloheinu, we will make you sovereign. O sovereign, uh, sorry, our sovereign, comma, our God. Right? Of course, Melech means king, and it is male, but I am trying for our purposes to degenderize this as much as possible. So how do we make God king? According to this little passage, how do you make, how does one make God king? Praising God, you make God king. It's sort of like, what do they do when there's a new king? What kind of ratifies that there's a new king? Like in the Middle Ages, you've seen like enough movie scenes. Well, before that, da, 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 this is going to be our new king. What does everyone shout? Praise God. 
Long live the king, right? That's kind of the moment. Again, it is a verbal declaration that we have accepted you as our sovereign, right? Everyone shouts, long live the king, right? You know, they all have the scene, you know, there's the deathbed and then there's the heir and the old kid, right? They say, the king is dead. Uh, by the way, what do they say? The king is dead, long live the king. So again, it's interesting, right, in that, in that, medieval monarchic tradition, there is some, there is uh, uh, an echo of this. It's, it's the declaration that you accept the person as king that kind of uh, makes them the king. There's a philosopher guy, Robert Cover, who calls this performative language. He says, sometimes, he says sometimes language does something. Like when two, you know, we, we always say sticks and stones, my name's not break my bones, or names will ever hurt me. It's just a name. It's just language. It doesn't actually do anything right. But Robert Cover says, oh, no, when two people stand before a justice of the peace and they say, I do, their language actually performs uh, a, an actual act which has consequences, right? So long live the king is performative language. It's the court or the people accepting that this guy is the new king. Okay? So that's what we're doing. We're saying, in some sense, long live the king. Except we're not saying long live the king. We're saying we praise the king. We praise the sovereign. Okay? Let's finish it up. And now we're... Okay, the box, which shows... This is where the chazan picks up. Ignore the box, because that makes it sound like this starts a new sentence or something, but it's not true. Our sovereign, our deity. Yachid, only one. Chei who lives the eternal one of all universes, all eternities, the one who lives for all... Chei literally means the one who lives for all eternities. Okay? Melech, Mishubach, Umfoar, Adei Ad, Shemo HaGadol, the sovereign who is praised and glorified. We said, Nishabech HaChon Fa'ercha. Now we say God is Mishubach, Umfoar, same verbs, praised and glorified. For, for how long? Adeyad. For forever after. Okay? Forever after. Shmo Hagadol. His great name. Right? Is praised forever after. So we, had a little, we have a little time sequence here, by the way. In this little, right? We say, by the way, there's past, present, and future. Who praised God? In this little paragraph, who for... It, who's he, whose memory is evoked in this paragraph? Who praised God? Who did we mention? We mentioned one person. A specific historical figure. Right, David. So David praised you. What's the present, or it's the present in, a next, in the next half a minute? The, the present is, we're going to praise you right now in the words of David. And the future is, what's the future? For all time, right? You are praiseable and praiseworthy for all time. So David praised you. We're now going to echo those praises in the words of David because you are the deity who will receive, deserves to receive praise for all time, right? And the all time is the phrases, uh, you are chayhaolamin, you live for all eternities, and you are praised adeyad, which means until forever. But Ruchata Hashem, blessed are you, God, or full of blessing are God. Melech Mihulal Batish Bachot. The sovereign who is praised with praises. 
although Hallel and Shevach are two different uh, parallel words, so it's not the same. It's not, you know, Melech Meshupach Batishbachot. So we'd have to have two English words. King who is, uh, what do we have? Magnified with songs of praise. Okay, it's really praised with praises, but they're two different Hebrew words for praises. Okay. So this bracha is the true, this, meaning the second half of the page, starting with Baruch Hashem, is the true opening of Psuke de Zimra. So in this bracha, we say, I'm opening this section, we are opening this section, and what is the section about? We're going to praise you with the words of King David. So we're going to echo those specific praises because, or I don't know about because, and we are, and we are going to kingify you we're going to say, long live the king, right? We proclaim you king, right? We proclaim your kingship. And you are the deity who is going to have praises, not just now in our next 10 minutes of Suke de Zimra, but for how long? Forever. For an ever and ever, right? You're the, you're the eternal ruler, there's an implication, and therefore you deserve or you should have, you will have praises praising you for an ever, forever and ever. Okay, so that is Baruch Shamar. Any, we're running a few minutes over. Any closing questions, comments, things that people must say or must ask that cannot wait for 2020. <laughs> and then when we look at Yishtabach, I think next time, instead of going through Pesuket Zimra, we'll look at Yishtabach because I want to look at how Yishtabach is kind of a bookend to this bracha using many of those same words, l'halel, l'shabeach, l'fa'er, l'gadel, all of these um, Synonyms with slightly different meanings for praises, right? Okay. All right. So um, everyone have a uh, nice break and a good day and a good Hanukkah and see you in 2020. That's it for 2019. No more CDR class.